We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We're the part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. We are live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere you're watching, really. Uh, I am your host for the evening, Jacob Niffen, and I am joined today by Kamiar Marabian. Hey, man, that's me. Uh, if you haven't been watching college basketball today, <laughs> holy crap, like you've been missing out a lot. Like this has been the most must-see college basketball stuff I've, I've seen in a while. And I can't tell it's be- if it's because, A, the tournament's just really good, or also B, COVID, we, you know, we got well, we got we got robbed of it last year, right? So we didn't get to see yeah. like the ending. So I'm sure it's a combination of both, uh, but it's been really fun to watch. We've got Justin Peabody along. I'm just here to to point out to everybody that my four year old son, who picked the <laughs> bracket based off which mascot he liked best, has ORU winning it all. So just a genius. Yeah. A little savant in the making, basically. Oh. I'm gonna drive him to Vegas tonight. Yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. Have him pick Good out idea. your lottery numbers. <laughs> We've also got Taylor Peterson along for the ride. You know, I just uh, for the intro instead of throwing up that uncontested logo, I thought I, you know, would just uh, have a little Kate Cunningham live for you guys. 
violate there some copyright go. laws in the process. It's yeah. No, I mean, NCAA.com. It's free. All you have to do is just sign in with a cable provider. I don't know not why you're. <laughs> I don't know why you're looking for Cade Cunningham, yeah, knowing no that OKC is not getting him. Yeah, speaking of ORU, the Thunder probably need more a, at like uh, a Smith and uh, <laughs> that other big guy. I already forgot his name. Y'all need to start looking at Scotty Barnes. What you need to start yeah. looking at. Oh, uh, Scotty Barnes seven, still seven, too high for us. Seven to ten. Seven <laughs> to ten range is what you need to start looking at. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, the Thunder played an early game today on this Sunday uh, against the reeling Houston Rockets. Um, arguably worst team in the league, Houston Rockets. Yeah, that was uh, and really Houston, bad. Lost again. Uh, the Thunder beat them 114-112. John Wall had a shot to win the game uh, at the buzzer. Apparently went directly against the coach's orders, ran a play <laughs> that he was not supposed to, to run. You know, I don't, I don't think any coaches drawing up John Wall contested from 28 feet for the game. Uh, but that is what he did. The Thunder prevail against the Houston Rockets, 114-112. Thunder, no Shea, no Horford, no Hill. No Baisley. They started four guys who have G League experience in the past, what, 18 months, and then a 19-year-old yeah. rookie. Uh, the and Thunder still- had the second youngest, per Thunder PR, they had the second youngest uh, starting lineup in NBA history, ironically enough, behind the Houston Rockets, who did that. They didn't say win. Um, also, they were the youngest starting lineup to ever win a game in NBA history. And uh, all while the NCAA tournament is going on currently, um, I'm sure, I mean, I haven't done the research on this part, but I'm sure there are starting fives in the NCAA tournament right now who are probably older or average and older age than the the starting lineup for the Thunder today. I saw a tweet. I think it was from uh, Three Cone. Three Cone said, I think the Thunder's average age starting lineup today was younger than OU's starting lineup yesterday. (laughs) <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's it crazy. Is crazy stuff. Also, they didn't get to shout out just before we dive into Thunder stuff. I mean, shout out the ORU Golden Eagles. Yes, sir. Golden Eagles stand right here. Bunch of parties at the praying hands. Yeah, that's right. The Navy Center's lit. <laughs> Bring your own uh, Kool-Aid or uh, Whoa. Coke. Uh, you know, Coca-Cola, Sprite. That uh, Justin takes another sip of his whiskey. <laughs> his whiskey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the very, the very end of that Houston game, didn't that remind you just of maybe fond or not game. not fond memories of Russell Westbrook, where he would just take an uncontested like forty yes. foot jumper. <laughs> hey, plug in the pod handle or the pod name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All the above. It's uh no it, that that John Wall shot was eerily uh, Russ. Four years ago, uh, ask mm-hmm. it was it was not fun. But Kamir, you bring up a good point there. Um, so I want to ask you guys: Was this game more impressive by the Thunder running all these young guys and winning, or is it more of just an embarrassment for the Rockets? Yes. See all the above. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the Thunder literally. To your point, Jacob, you texted us this, or put you texted me this. I don't know. You either texted me or you put this in the Slack. I confuse from all of our conversations. Uh, <laughs> so popular. <laughs> but you mentioned Kenrich Williams. Um, you know, Kenrich was having a great game. He's been doing great things for the Thunder this season. And Kenrich is pulled down the stretch for Poku. The Thunder essentially run a play where a main option, mind you, is to get the ball to Poku 
knowing that the Houston Rockets are going to foul. Um, they do foul Poku. Poku misses one of two free throws, gives Houston the chance, and instead of running a more likely play, I guess you could say, to either tie the game up or win it, um, they just give it to John Wall and let them ISO. So was it a John Wall, like, did a bad decision or, you know, took a bad shot, had a bad decision, or was it more so <laughs> like a battle of the tanks? Um, because that's kind of what it seemed like down the stretch. I don't know, man. If you saw Steven Silas post game, I don't he know. He was devastated. That's a fair point. <laughs> I think so I feel they bad asked him. More. They asked him, you know, does this string of losses, is it starting to weigh on the players? And there was a good 10 to 15 second pause. And he just says, yeah. <laughs> and like, man, I mean, injected. tank or no tank, whatever is going on, like uh, that team, that team wants a win. And I think today That's was an opportunity point. for them to get the win. But Lugans Dort and the Untankable Thunder had other plans. And I think that it's been the, the the thing that's been so fun about this roster all year is like the guys that are on it, it's everybody's in. They're all in. They're bought into the system. They're bought into to making the hustle plays. They're bought into doing the little things, which is such a far cry from a lot of Thunder teams that we've watched through the years that it makes games like today where it's like, okay, we're literally going to start or sit the entire starting lineup except for Dort and Dort's going to go off for 23. Roby's going to get a double double. <laughs> like Moses Brown's going to get a double double. These guys just don't quit. <laughs> and so I don't know what else the thunder can do from a front office perspective. If they're trying to lose games now, granted it was the Houston Rockets. And like we alluded to at the top of the podcast, one of the worst teams in the NBA currently. Uh, so you're not going to be playing the Houston Rockets every night. But I, I think to to sum it all up, it is the Thunder continuing to do all the little things that win you basketball games, even if that's not necessarily what you want. I mean, you look at OKC and then you look at a team like Houston or you, you look at teams like Sacramento and teams like Minnesota that have been at the bottom for not just like one season, but oh my goodness, several seasons. And they just can't, they just can't seem to get it done. And I, I don't think it's necessarily caught up in the coaches and the players. And I mean, they're parts of it, but I think it's a culmination of, and this is like the most uh, rosy glasses, rosy glassed, thunder fan person ever like but you can i think you can attribute a lot of that to the culture that culture. they have really culminated over in oklahoma city uh, i mean they their identity is we're gonna work hard on defense and we're gonna see what comes out the other side and hopefully okc can get some stuff done and i mean the realistically that's how okc's been winning their games right i mean defense and not just like outscoring their opponents and team mm -hmm. defense, like they, they're switching up between man, they're switching up between zone. And then you look at a team like Houston, they have way better players in Oklahoma City, way better players in Oklahoma City right now. But their system, their whatever, their culture, their community, there's none of that. There's none of that for the Sacramento Kings. There's none of that for the Minnesota Timberwolves. There's a, there's a lot of these teams, they have players, but they don't have substance. And that sounds like pretty like, oh, rosy glass sort of thing. But I think that's a legit thing. Like, Players come to Oklahoma City and they're like, holy crap, it's like a top-notch organization because they do the little things. Well, Oklahoma City has to do all the little things because, you know, it's not Miami, it's not Los Angeles. Yeah. So, like, you have to be, like, really basketball center-oriented, but also I think it's really important to acknowledge that Lou Dort 
came out after the game and uh, suggested, he's like, hey, you know, when Shea's gone, we got to pick up a slack. We know what to do. Shea's our leader. They already know who their de facto leader is. And remember when we were like five years ago, Russ KD, we're on the mm-hmm. team. Who we is the like, leader? We're we like, well, KD, KD's Maybe the best player on the team. KD, yeah, <laughs> KD's the best player on the team. Russ is probably like the alpha leader of the team. Uh, and then before Perk got traded, he was maybe maybe like the 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 megaphone for the team. You never really knew. Um, and There's then, only one silverback. Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> and uh, and and then especially once Perk got traded, it was like okay, like who's the leader? And we all felt like maybe it was Russ because he was just so vocal and aggressive and uh, like the alpha. And KD kind of would just rather like slink in a corner and shoot thirty, uh, get thirty points. Uh, there's an unquestioned leader on this team. It's Shea Gilgis Alexander. I think it actually does a lot of positives for this team going forward. Can we mention yeah, everyone. Sorry, go ahead, Jacob. I was going to say everyone kind of falls in line and, and kind of knows their role on this team. And call me, I think you killed it as far as like this is a culture thing. I think back to the fourth quarter of that Houston game. How many times did you see Kenrich Williams crash the offensive glass and get the Thunder an extra possession? Right. Uh, Lou Dort gets beat off the dribble by John Wall there with like 30 seconds left. But again, these kids are the Goonies. They never say die. He chases it down and has an insane <laughs> chase down block on John Wall off the front of the rim, uh, which is came up with a good t-shirt idea. Yeah. Essentially saves <laughs> the thunder, uh, the game, right? Cause if John Wall makes that layup, I think the Rockets go up one and the thunder have the ball with the shot clock off. Um, and, and then at that point, like who knows what happens, right? But it's those little things, those, those hustle plays, uh, they add up over time. And I think all of that kind of, uh, culminates into Kenrich Williams. He is like the epitome of everything that this team and this culture is, is about as that's what it feels like to me anyways. So what, Taylor, did you just pronounce epitome as he's been epitome? doing this for like, yes. Okay, good. No, that, that epi- I always pronounce it. This is an inter- this is an intervention. Did you say epitome as epitome? <laughs> he's done this. That's for a, a word. Long time the epitome now. instead of the epitome. <laughs> he's no, done this for like no. a year. I'm gonna Google it right now. No, while Taylor that's makes how, his point. That's that how epitome is spelled. <laughs> this is a house of learning doctors, and uh, <laughs> it's clearly epitome. Look, I I mispronounced <laughs> a lot of words. I was here. gonna say Jacob's not allowed <laughs> a to make lot of words Taylor. here, and uh, <laughs> epitome. <laughs> Me and Justin right, locked well, eyes, and we're like, <laughs> "Look, man, just to both of your guys' point, Kamiar and Jacob." Uh, minus the epitome, epitome, uh, so good. Typical Taylor it. situation that I would find myself in. One thing that yeah, really Taylor doesn't get as much shit anymore because he does it all the time. Because <laughs> it's just my thing, it's right? True, if I yeah. Pronounce names right. It's and he owns it too. He owns yeah, it, right? I own up to it. I know when Enos. I mispronounce my names, and I stick Enos to Cantor. it. You know, like spy. Uh, what, what did I say? I was going to pronounce his last name as. I don't even, don't even try now. to pronounce the last name, Taylor. Don't do it. <laughs> I, well, the issue is I actually know how to pronounce it, and I uh, I had a way I was going to mispronounce it, and I forgot it. But anyways, back, <laughs> back even to more the game hand, okay? So the, the, the Thunder end up – they, they came out – Intentionally mispronounced this guy's last name to no, Literally. Him. This is the thing. Yeah, I had it. I had it ready for my bit. Got to um, take care of the brand. Exactly. Care the I brand. had it for my bit, and I, I put it into Slack. <laughs> yes, Enos Cantor, Right. I know it's Ennis, but I'm going to continue to call him Ennis. Um, but anyways, so 46.2% from the field for OKC compared to 49.4% uh, for the Rockets. Uh, the the Rockets came out kind of struggling. Um, OKC came out hot. And then at halftime, that kind of stabilized. So the stat that really stuck, 
stood out to me the most was the rebounds. Um, you know, the Thunder obviously have Moses Brown. He was the tallest player on the team, but he also is a undrafted rookie um, on a two-way contract <laughs> who just got out of the G League. And even then, um, even without Al Horford, the Thunder out-rebounded the Houston Rockets 61-43. to And 19 offensive rebounds to the Houston Rockets' eight. 33 defensive rebounds to the Houston Rockets, 30 defensive rebounds usually is what you see being pretty close where you usually see the discrepancy there is in the offensive rebounds, 19 to eight for the thunder. And I think that's just like the perfect <laughs> epitome, Jacob, of <laughs> this, this OKC Thunder team, <laughs> this OKC Thunder team. I mean, and we can go through the, the box score of players. Um, you have uh, Poku with nine rebounds. You have Lou with three, obviously Moses Brown with 14. We mentioned him, but Isaiah Roby with eight. Um, Kenrich, Kenrich Williams, to your guys' point, with six. And then Ty Jerome and Speed both which with four apiece. So this is just a team that hustles, make the, makes the right play. And um, when they're, they basically just out hustled the Houston Rockets today. And that's kind of what led to the win. Yeah. And I, I felt like Houston came out after halftime. Uh, and visibly looked more engaged defensively, more aggressive defensively. Um, but then it started to wane against. It's like they they couldn't keep the the attention to detail up for very long, where the Thunder just religiously do that. Um, Taylor, you mentioned two guys there. I wanted to get everyone's opinion on uh, Ty Jerome and Svi Mihailuk. Uh, Svi really got his his most run with the Thunder today. Um, he played against, was it Memphis? Was the last game Memphis? No, Atlanta. I'm sorry. He played Atlanta. against yeah. Atlanta, uh, but very spotty minutes the game before that when he was technically on the roster, did not play. Really got a lot of burn today. Um, so minutes. I want to get you, yeah, I wanted to get your guys' opinions on both uh, Ty and Svi. Ty Jerome continues to impress me. And I don't know, I don't know what the hell happened in the G League bubble. <laughs> But every guy that's come back to that or come back from that has been unbelievable. And and not just on the Thunder. Uh, I'm totally blanking on who it was, but there was somebody else who came back from the G League bubble and was shooting like 43% from behind the arc since he had come back from the from from the bubble. So I don't know what went on down there. Some performance enhancing drugs potentially. But I, I think that, you know, Moses Brown, uh, Poku up and down, but Ty Jerome, he's looked really solid, like a very competent NBA player. And when you listen to Virginia fans talk about him, that's really, that was kind of the takeaway from his college career, which I think is, is fascinating. Like when you hear them break down his game, that's exactly it. It's like he does all the smart plays. He takes care of the little things. He's not, he's not necessarily the flashiest guy on the court, but he's fundamentally solid. And I and think that confident. translates, it translates really well to the NBA. You know, you're not trying to throw everybody on a poster. You're not trying to nutmeg somebody. You're just trying to play ball and you're trying to take care of the ball and make smart plays. And that's what he's done for OKC in pretty much every appearance so far. Well, and you, you said, you know, he's not flashy, but I feel like some of the passes he's throwing, he had one today. Was it to Roby where he like at the top of the key and whipped it in there with his left hand? Yep. I think it was, it was a good vision. Yeah. Disgusting. Like the, the kid has got some sauce. 100%. So Taylor, what's your takeaway from Svi so far? He, I mean, talk about a guy who need a change of scenery, right? And I, I'm not saying, Spinery. I mean, 
We'll see. Spinery. Spinery. There we go. Now we're. <laughs> I wish I still had the Steven Adams the bang big bang box. sounder on here because I'd play that for you right now. <laughs> How about this? I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Spinery. He's working that back. Uh, Gross. <laughs> anyways, way off topic again. Uh, he really has impressed me. And, and again, talk about a guy who needed a change of scenery. I don't know if this is something you can just hang your hat on. You know, we talked about Lou Dort this season um, early on, having such a great, um, you know, playing so well, uh, shooting so well from outside. That kind of stabilized as the season went, went along. But having a guy like that combined with like Justin Jackson, somebody who we haven't even mentioned um, today, who had a, a really similar game as Fee, um, especially from outside. And, you know, even Poku, <laughs> if he's if he comes to becomes to uh, comes into the player that we think he can't be in any of those outside shots. If you're creating space like that for Shea, um, a player like Spee, I think is perfect for him. And so, um, you know, I was really impressed. But I I think the thing that stood out to me the most, like I knew that Spee would probably come here again, change the scenery. He's excited. He's probably going to hit some outside shots. That's kind of what he's known for. I watched him at KU, but Spee had uh, only three assists. It seemed like way more than that. Because he made some really nice passes, uh, mm-hmm. really created for others, created for his teammates, and was just a perfect, I don't want to say spark plug necessarily, but fit in really well with that quote-unquote second unit today. Um, maybe he might be the third unit when the team's fully healthy. But all that to say, <laughs> I really like where he fit with that team. You know, He was doing more than just shooting in the corner or spotting up in the corner and hit, knocking down his threes. Um, I really like what he brought to the table. And I'm excited to kind of see what he can do. Again, kind of rejuvenated, um, now being in a new situation in OKC. And what can this development uh, d- development coaching squad, uh, you know, kind of um, help him with and, and bring out of him? And hopefully we'll, we'll see this be more of a regular him shooting from outside compared to his last season in Detroit where he really did kind of struggle. But all that to he- say, you know, I, I was really impressed. He had a pass, I think it was in the fourth quarter, where he drove in uh, and got up in the air at the rim and did like a wraparound lefty pass, kick out all the way to like the elbow to Lou. That was just, and Lou yep. hit the shot, and I was just like, I did not know he had that in his bag. That's that's impressive. It's impressive, impressive too for a guy that probably hasn't even taken in a full practice yet. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. Definitely. I know. We always talked about that last year with Lou on his two-way contract, but the same is true for Svee right now. He's he's so new to the team that he's kind of just out there, you know, like he's playing pickup. He's out there playing. They, they <laughs> might have, you know, talked talk a few high-level concepts, but he he's not he's not fully in on the playbook. So any any play from him right now is purely based off, you know, instinct and, and basketball IQ, which looks pretty good. And we're we're still seeing what the, the trade for Svee, again, Presti starting to go a direction that is more uh, skill-based versus athletic-based players, which I think is uh, an interesting topic, especially as we approach the trade deadline here this week, uh, which we will get in a lot of, excuse me, a lot of trade talk here in just a second. Uh, As we transition to the next part of the pod, though, uh, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we are live on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. If you are hanging out in the chat right now, uh, keep t- keep firing off stuff in that chat. Ask some questions. We have a special segment coming up. We're going to answer all your questions in the chat. Uh, so fire those off, get them in there, and we will definitely answer them uh, here shortly. But guys, I felt like today was a perfect chance for the Thunder 
to, uh, I, I guess, from your perspective, either climb or fall down the rankings, uh, depending <laughs> on which way you look at the rankings. Uh, but to get closer to that top five pick, uh, they obviously did not. They got a little bit of help from some other teams today. But I wanted to look at the rest of the schedule. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you guys a rundown. Uh, I'm going to tell you the next week of Thunder Games, and I want you three to come to a consensus and tell me uh, what the Thunder's record will be that week. And we're going to go week by week through the end of the NBA season, and we're going to see where the Thunder are going to end up and if that record is going to be good enough uh, to raise their odds at a top five pick. Uh, so, so here we go. We'll, we'll kind of move through this pretty quick. Uh, I don't think it'll take us very long, but here we go next week. The thunder have the Timberwolves. I'm not going to tell you home or away either. Cause I don't really think that matters this season. Um, Fair. I mean that nobody really, I mean what the, the most fans in any arena is like 3000 right now anyways. So, all right, next week, Timberwolves, the Grizzlies and the Celtics. What is the thunders record next week? Ooh. One and My- two. I hope so. I hope it's one and two. <laughs> it could be I two. Can, and, I could two see and two one. and one. <laughs> I lean on Celtics. I lean on one and two, maybe even zero oh and three, depending upon um, how well Ant Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns are doing. If Al Horford doesn't play tomorrow, Cat could go off. Yeah, that's what I'm I mean, saying. Cat could go off if Al plays as well. But <laughs> right, you guys going one and three or two, or two and one? Or sorry, one, one and, two. and two or two and one. <laughs> I say one two. two. I say one and two. I'll go All one. Right. Yeah, one and two also. All right. Okay. Uh, the following week, the Thunder have the Mavericks, the Raptors, the Suns, and the Blazers. Oh. <laughs> one and oh. three. Oh and four. Yeah, it should be oh and four, but there's going to be one team that rests their players because it's the Thunder and they're going to overperform. So one it, and three. It's it's difficult to it's difficult because like I say zero oh, and four barring like oh the Suns deciding to sit Chris Paul right, exactly. and it's, it's Chris exactly. Paul it's Chris Paul and, and now it's just Devin Booker in the same old Suns with DeAndre Ayton and that might be a night that OKC sits Al Horford uh, against Ayton so I mean zero oh, and four one and three Are we going one and three I say one and three you also have to factor in it's after the trade deadline Ooh. so. Good point. What, what roster even comes out against the Mavericks? Yeah. Who knows? That makes this a little bit difficult, but yeah. yeah. So a roster I'm putting down one and three for pick. you guys. A roster of second round picks is going to be great. <laughs> I, ha- I have a question about that here in a second. Okay, the next week, <laughs> Utah, Golden State, Detroit. <laughs> Golden State. Oh, two, man. two and one. I'm going to go two and one. Yeah. <laughs> Steph, Steph is even busy right now. Post, yeah, even post deadline. Yeah. Two and one. Two and one. Got it. The next week is a busy week. Toronto, Washington, Indiana, Washington again. Ooh. Again, Toronto, Washington, Indiana, Ooh. and Washington. Two and two? Two and two. Two and two. Two and yeah. two feels likely just based off I gotta of how ask, the team has played. Do you guys think they split the Washington series? Yes. Probably. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember this, but last season, every time the Thunder played the Rockets, Russell Westbrook like intentionally tried to post Shea on every possession, just back yep. him under the rim. I'm interested to see that this year to see if might not work like, out Shea, well for him. if Shea has put on some bulk and can fight back a little bit there. That'll be fun. Absolutely. Or right. if he tries to step it up. I got you himself. guys at two and two for that week. The next week, Philly, 
Boston, New Orleans, Indiana. Philly, Boston, ooh. New Orleans, Indiana. One and three. Yeah. I mean, it's just so unlikely that Thunder would drop all of those. So I say one and three as well. Well, Tommy, are you on board with that? I mean, since we have to negotiate, I say one and three. (laughs) (laughs) You want to say one and four? I'd One say three it four is. because I don't know what uh, New Orleans is going to get back for Lonzo. Mm. The, the context here, rumors. Oh. The context here is that Kamiar would say zero and four when this team had Russ and PG, and <laughs> um, <laughs> he's been saying zero and four for years <laughs> since we started this podcast. It's true, <laughs> and they won't do it. I was going to say they won't bastards. ever do it. <laughs> now we want them to do it, and they still won't do it. The next week. <laughs> Phoenix, Sacramento, Golden State, Golden State. I like two and two there. Mm, I lean <laughs> one and three. Whoa, wow, really? One and three? Oh, call me. Are you there? Call me. like, I'm here. on three and one. <laughs> I was thinking like, man, they could really rip off a three and one. I'm going to go two and two. <laughs> All right, we'll take the two and two here. Um, there is one week and then an extra game left, so I'm just going to put all this together. Sacramento. Sacramento, Utah Clippers. Ooh, yikes! Two and two for me. Uh, the Clips, the Clips are going to be resting everybody. You win True. one of the Sacramento games. You win one of the Sacramento games. The Clips are going to be resting. Yeah, unless counter, unless counterpoint to the Clips unless. resting. What if Sacramento was pushing for like that ten or nine seed uh, for the play-in mm. and go really hard? Still two and two for me. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's a five-game stretch. Five stretch where you play the Kings three times and the Warriors twice. Kings. That's fun. Very yeah. interesting. Hmm. You guys so keep talking. We, I'm trying to do math in my uh, head. Do the math. Do the math. Did, did, we find, did we find would, the missed week? I would like to call out you skipped a week at the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, did true. I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Um, April, the beginning of April. Pistons, Hornets, Cavs. Oh, my bad. I overlooked Ooh. it. All right. Pistons, uh, Pistons Hornets, Hornets, who are now without LaMelo Ball. Cleveland, Which Philly. Rough. Detroit, Charlotte, Cleveland, Philly. What do you guys got? No wonder my numbers didn't match up. Three and one. <laughs> right. That's why this week caught my eye. Is like, Ooh, <laughs> that's a rough week. <laughs> my bad. I think it could be three and one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say be. two and two. It should be three and one, but I feel like it'll be oh, no. two and two. It'll be two and two. I, th- I, I think mean, the, Horn- the Hornets are still going to play pretty well. Uh, I mean, Gordon Hayward is like old Gordon Hayward again, which is really nice for them. Um, so I'll go two and two. Also, I promise you guys that Shea has not been so much banged up since post All-Star break as he has been uh, where the Thunder have rested him. <laughs> so often here, I guess, what is that? This was the second game now, post All-Star break? Yep. Um, there could be some games in this stretch that we haven't yep. mentioned where Shea could be quote unquote resting, um, whether he likes it or not, if we're being completely honest and yep. blunt. And so uh, I think that's fair coming up. Okay. Well, based on what you guys have said, the Thunder will end the rest of the season going 13 and 17, which Ugh. if they have 18 wins right now, that will put them at what? 31 Ugh. and 31 and 41. I think that's pretty fair. So where they're at, like. So then the question is, gosh. does that land them a top five pick? Nope. 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 It nope. might land you a top eight pick. 
so top nine pick. <laughs> the, the lot, I mean, obviously, there's a lottery. You could end up at number one, right? Yeah, like it's not true. the lottery's not kind to you there. You could get there, but I, I guess I'm asking, like, where where do they end up as far as record wise? Uh, that's definitely top ten. I don't think they're making the play in, right? We're all no. kind of in agreement there. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I think Presley will like literally make sure that that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, but yeah, today. no, I'm with you guys. Uh, th- I mean, the whole point of this this process here was, um, can the Thunder get there? And I think they probably end with like the eighth or the ninth best odds, yeah, in the lottery, which is not really where you want to be as right. this mm-hmm. team because it, right that that is that that mediocrity that we've talked about, right? Mm-hmm. You're not good enough to make the playoffs, but you're not bad enough to get one of those top five picks. Who's a franchise changing guy? You're just kind of stuck. And yes, that that Rockets pick could convey, right? It could drop to number five. Um, hopefully that coin flip goes your way. But the only pick you can control is your own. And yep. I mean, was it cool to see Lou Dort block that that John Wall <laughs> layup today? Yeah, that yep. was pretty badass for about five minutes. And then I thought, man, how pissed off am I gonna be about that in late July whenever the yeah, draft? Yeah, I was comes thinking this, I, I had you the know? same thought. Yep. Yeah, it's tough. It's exactly what uh, Tyler Parker, our guest from last week, summed up. Uh, those moments are fun, but uh, come come the draft lottery, who knows? Now, the flip side of this is you could be like the Knicks, who are always, it seems like, lined up for the worst odds, or the best odds, I guess, the worst record, and they consistently get like the fifth pick. And that would just be devastating. So yeah. at the end of the day, like I, I do take some solace as a fan in that Lou Dort's block doesn't really, it doesn't have a direct effect. Yes, it affects the odds, but like at the end of the day, it's the way the ping pong ball bounces and you could be right. New Orleans and land Zion, um, or you could be the Knicks and continually <laughs> and not get top top didn't, right. didn't New Orleans have like the ninth Best odds yes. to get that first pick. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they got it. Yep. I think That's ninth best gives you like tough. a 4% chance at the at the number one, yeah. 4 or 5%. Nobody if ever the, knows what happens until those balls come out. I was thinking today, though. I love just like the balls to come out. Yeah, especially, <laughs> especially watching Silas, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, like watching him in his post game and just the way the Houston organization is right now, the way these past couple of teams have been for them. It would be the most Houston thing ever to like have one of the worst records in the league and still end up conveying their pick to OKC, yes. where OKC has two top ten picks, even if it's not top four. You'd have to call their assets, and you combine all of that, and you're able to get up into a top three. I mean, there's not. I, I think when you have a Kate Cunningham, right, in the same situation where you had a Zion um, for New Orleans, I'm not sure there's a lot that you could trade to change a team's mind to trade you that pick so you can draft that player because essentially you're trading all these assets for Kate Cunningham or Jalen Suggs or yeah. Jim Green. And the, the reason teams try to get a number one pick is to get a guy like Kate. So you're exactly. not going to trade away the opportunity. Exactly. But can you imagine if Houston ends up with the worst record in the league and the pick doesn't convey and after all the stuff about. with the Texans mm-hmm. and then James Harden leaving? Like everyone in Houston would be on suicide watch. <laughs> It would be. It would be. Oh awful. my god! It would it be. This is not wrong. <laughs> Chill. Hey, but so consider it. Consider this: if you're OKC, and let's say you get pick number 
nine. Let's say you get pick number nine. And right now, in a lot of mock drafts, you have, uh, oh, who is it? From Stanford, Zaire Williams, who's a, like a two, three, he's six foot eight, you know? And uh, that's the guy that they, that's being, you know, projected as the number nine pick. If you get that number nine pick, but also that Miami Heat pick ends up being like what? 12 no they're gonna they're they're making the playoffs 17 18 to what it would get 9 17 18 are you picking both players or are you packaging both to move up to like five or six to get like a guy like scotty barnes or get a guy um that's like you know a a, a kaminga maybe I think it's a no-brainer. Okay, so you're going to try and move up. I think the biggest thing is kind of something I alluded to earlier when I was talking about the Thunder and their picks. Like, do those teams who are picking at five or six to your point, Kamara, like, do they want to trade yeah. that pick? You know, that Jalen or whoever it may be who falls out of the top five. Do they Scotty Barnes or either of those Tennessee guys or whoever it ends up being? Do they want to trade that for two picks um, later on in the draft? That's I, I don't think nine and seventeen gets you to five, but nine and seventeen and next year's future draft asset mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. get you there. And I think that's where it gets really interesting for the Thunder is because of that future stockpile. Right. They have so much to work with that you know, I, I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how the, the draft prospect consensus shakes out as we get closer mm-hmm. to the draft. I think some of those pictures get a little clearer. But I think that in theory, with the exemption of, you know, probably the top few picks, at least the Thunder should have the assets to go get whatever pick they want. They they just have to name the right price, right? Matt, Cl- Matt Clarkson's in the chat that says those top five picks aren't for sale, but everybody has a price unless you're Danny Ainge. So uh, right. I, dis- I disagree with that. But I but I do think he has a point of like the higher up you are, especially in this draft where it seems like there's, you know, kind of a handful of guys that are like a head and shoulder above the rest. I think this one might be tougher, but I mean, mm-hmm. for for I don't know. I don't know what the right price is, like nine and 17 and two future firsts to get you to, to, get five. to where five. Like, yeah. Maybe. Look who's look who's drafting in the top five consistently. They're bad front offices with bad GMs that make <laughs> bad decisions. Make bad <laughs> trades. <laughs> that's fair. Like, that's like, a fair point. Like, am I crazy right now? Like, um, like, like that's that's why they're constantly yeah. always there. Uh, because they make horrifying decisions. Like Vladi Divok didn't even know you had to call the league office to make a trade. He's just like, oh, just get that guy on a train on a on a train. Vladi Divok <laughs> probably would send him on a train. Uh, and it's just like, come on, man. It's a bicycle. I put the, I put the train call through. Yeah. Why is he not on train? God. <laughs> this man probably, I don't even know. I wish V would talk like that, being from Ukraine. Dude. That would make him so much more appealing oh my as a basketball gosh. player. Yes. So, well, speaking of trying to tank, trying to get top draft picks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, let's talk trade deadline because that's coming up in what? Four days now. Uh, a couple of notes recently have come out about the Oklahoma city thunder and the trade deadline. Excuse me. The first one, uh, coming on the Woj pod with Tim Bontemps, uh, Adrian said, and and I quote, because I played the podcast and paused it like every three seconds to get the direct quote. (laughs) it, It was, I don't, I do. I feel bad and I do not envy people that have to transcribe like, coaches talking and go back and it's awful. It sounds awful. Um, 
He said, quote, Oklahoma City has a number of guys who they are going to be able to either now or after the season move on from. George Hill, Kenrich Williams, Mike Muscala, Justin Jackson. I know they're getting call on all of those guys, calls on all of those guys. The Thunder have been obviously active with the Trevor Ariza deal, and I think they are probably going to move at least one of those guys within the next week. Um, day or two after that, Mark Stein was on the locker room app, uh, calling people up and, and having them ask him different questions. So I got on with Mark and asked him, Hey, we, we know guys like Hill and, and Muscala uh, are readily available in trades and probably going to get moved. What about Al Horford? Uh, and Stein responded to me and said, well, the, a lot of front offices are asking about Al Horford, but his contract is big and it's hard to trade. He also has OKC value for OKC for meeting the salary floor next season. Point. So five hmm. guys mentioned there um, in George Hill, Kenrich Williams, Mike Muscala, Justin Jackson, Al Horford. My question for you guys is what is your predictions for Thunder trades coming up uh, in this next four or five days? Uh, by the time we get to Thursday at 2 p.m., uh, what do you think the Thunder – the thunder uh, have happened. Like what, what do they trade? What, what goes down? And I did a, a locker room hangout. I haven't dropped it as a pod episode. I don't know if I will, but I did a locker room hangout on Saturday. Uh, and a non thunder fan asked me a really fun question. He said, the thunder have between first and second round picks 35 total selections over the next seven years. Goodness. By this Thursday evening, will it be at 40? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a great over under. I love that. I need that so to like be what on do you my guys bet online. What, yeah, what do you guys project <laughs> to happen? And will the Thunder make it to 40 future draft picks? I don't oh, know if they'll get that. 40. I don't know if they'll get 40 future draft picks, even though that would be really fun for the future and not for my immediate satisfaction. So that's that's fun. <laughs> uh, I, I, I can go buy jerseys that say draft picks on them. But no, I think OKC is only going to trade away two guys. And I think two of them being uh, George Hill. I think that's the guy that's been everybody's been talking about that needs a point guard. And Mike Muscala, uh, his, is, it's an easy contract. He's been racking up a ton of DNPs despite playing really, really well for this OKC team. On both Al, sides of the floor. Yes, yeah, and, and Al Horford, I think his contract is too awkward. Somebody is getting excited in the background. Some one of your guys. Brody thousands. loves him, so Mike Muscala. Yeah. And oh, that's your talk. Okay, so, I, I think I I think it's only those two. I don't think Justin Jackson gets moved. I don't see Kenrich Williams getting moved. Um, just those two dudes. Uh, Muscala will probably net you a second rounder, and then George Hill will probably. I don't know if you get junk back from, but I'm sure they'll want a first rounder for him. So you might get to 37. But I don't know. I, that's, that was what my number. My answer to that question was like probably 37 or 38. So. Uh, Justin, what do you think happens with the Thunder at the deadline? Make some predictions. Fire some stuff off. Fire, fire. I think uh, I'm I'm in a similar camp to Kamiar. George Hill makes a ton of sense. I, I think getting him to a team that needs a point guard, which there is a lot of, and Hill has, is a proven, valuable asset. A team that's going to try to push for the playoffs will be very interested in George Hill. I also think Mike Muscala, he's shown that he can affect ball games not necessarily go out and win you a game single-handedly but he's a positive uh asset when he's on the court 
which is why the Thunder aren't playing him. Um, and I think that I, I think all the DMPs just make me feel like they're looking to move him. And so that that makes a ton of sense. However, I do wonder if Justin Jackson or Kenny Hustle could be on the block as well, just for I don't know, like just for the sake of moving one of those guys off the team. I there's a part of me I hesitate to say Kenrich Williams. Like you trade him and you do you cut out some of that hustle DNA that I think really keeps the Thunder in games. We saw it today. That's him. why you trade him. But <laughs> if we're I being think, honest, <laughs> like this guy plays I don't too know. goddamn hard. Get him out of here. I think that I think there's something to keeping him around a team absolutely that's gonna win a lot of games. Like, so to use the example, you know, when people talk about tanking, their fear is you're gonna build a losing culture, and these guys aren't gonna know how to win. And I think what we've seen, albeit you know, the Thunder have not lost enough games to be full on tanking. But the Thunder's culture has stayed intact. Compare that to Houston. Compare that to Silas's press conference. That's a losing culture. And Mm -hmm. I think Kenny Hustle goes a long way in helping that culture. You can go out and lose a lot of games and bust your butt, which is what Kenny Hustle's going to do. So... I, that's why I hesitate on him a little bit, but you trade him, you lose more games. I, think, si- I do think that's that comes through. And a side note on George Hill is that Presti, George Hill still has another year on his contract, and if he if Presti does not get what he de- thinks he deserves for George Hill, he, I imagine, is more than happy taking that expiring contract into next year and just like doing the same Absolutely. thing all over again. Presti is using teams- that leverage. They're going to be teams that need good veteran defensive minded that can play off the ball point guards um, for any NBA title. And so there are a lot of teams I imagine that would want his services now. And they're going to be the same amount of teams that grow want his services next year, even more considering it's an expiring deal and he can help you in playoff games. I agree. Um, You guys have any more thunder trade thoughts? As I mean, approaches? Darius Miller is a guy that I just keep forgetting about, just like um, Trevor Ariza. His birthday. You can't well. forget him on his birthday. Um, I've been forgetting a lot about Darius Miller this season. Sorry, Darius. <laughs> I hope you have a great birthday. Um, as well as Myers Leonard. Those are yeah. two contracts. Um, obviously, Myers Leonard is one who will probably be waived if he's not traded. But with that being said, those are two contracts that you can throw out there, whether it be in three-team trades, whether it be – to take um, take long term money um, back in return in exchange for future draft assets, like Jacob mentioned, that over under of thirty um, draft picks moving forward here in the next however many years. So th- those are two contracts I'm really keeping an eye on. I think they're kind of sleepers, um, as well as Kenrich Williams, just because as much as I love Kenrich and as great of a player as he is, and somebody who you can keep around. A real a a, a culture, you know, a winning culture. Once you do draft the right players around Shea Gilgis Alexander and start to build a team around him, Kenrich is one of those guys you would want around him. But I think his value is very high right now on such a cheap, controllable contract. Um, I think there's a lot of contenders who would be willing to give up quite a bit for Kenrich. And speaking of leverage, Kamiar, like you mentioned earlier, um, I I think Presley would have a lot of leverage in a Kenrich Williams trade. So those are the three that I'm kind of looking at right there, those three contracts. No, it's good stuff. Also, speaking of the trade deadline, 
make sure that you guys join us. Uh, mm. We don't know which of us will be on and how often we'll be on, but uh, well, not how often, just like how, how maybe how present Taylor will be specifically. Yeah. But I might Thursday, be on my AirPods in like a yeah. conference room, but it's fine. The trade deadline there. officially <laughs> expires Thursday at 2 PM central time. So we are going live right here Thursday at 1 PM central time uh, to hang out with you guys. The hour leading up to the deadline. We'll talk about all the trades that have been made throughout the day. And um, all the rumors and the Woj bombs, and the sham bombs and the Stein bombs that that drop in that final hour leading up uh, to the deadline. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. So make plans, even if you're at work and you, uh, you know, you got you got stuff to do. Pop on YouTube or Twitter, or throw in your headphones and listen to us as we carry you through the final hour of the trade deadline. That should be a blast. And we're really looking forward to it. Hopefully the Thunder will be active up till the end. Hopefully we're not like, yeah, Thunder made four trades and it's Wednesday. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, no, think, uh, yeah. okay, guys, let's move on uh, to the best segment of the show. Maybe the best segment. Definitely the best sounder. We got to go to the tank meter. <laughs> And that means that the number one pick in the NBA draft goes to Justin. Mm. Where does the tank meter fall for our listeners? If it's full, the Thunder are fully tanking. If it is empty, they are trying to make the playoffs. Where is the meter at currently? So I told a little story last Sunday for my <laughs> tank meter update. Are we going to keep the theme? I'm going to keep the theme. So Sam Presti, he just pulled into Loves. He's, <laughs> the second uh, time, you know. He got he got the hole in his gas tank fixed. Um, <laughs> he got that sorted out. But he he's going to top it off again. And he he's looking over, and he's just, you know, he can't stop staring at the sign out front. It's just so yellow and so big. He so literally bright. can't. He cannot stop staring at it. And while his back <laughs> is turned, Lugens Dort steals his car. And just <laughs> drives it off. So it may have a full tank of gas, but he he can't find the he can't find the car anymore. And so all that to say, I think they are trying their hardest to go full on tank. And whether it's Lugan Stort or uh, Justin Jackson or whoever, it's not happening. And I think that was exactly what we saw today. So I'm if I have to like give my meter rating i'm gonna say again probably like three-fourths full closer to half maybe just because they're they're <laughs> they're finding themselves in too many winning situations which is a weird thing to say it's very clear i think that the organizational the the front office uh like you mentioned is trying to get that gas tank all the way full and then the uh the coaching staff and the players are Again, like siphoning gas out of the tank, right? <laughs> the shift me- post All Star has been super fascinating to me. Like, yes, yeah, it, it was always kind of like okay, like we're flirting with this thing, but since All Star, it's been very blatant. Not just from who's sitting out, but like you you said at the top of the podcast, Jacob, like having Poku in in an in game situation. Like, there's there's no logical reason for he that. Shot he shot the free throws. That basketball game. Right. You have Kendrick Williams in that game right. instead of. Yeah. Well, and you said come here. He shot the free throws. My dad was over <laughs> watching the game with me, and he said, uh, "Who's a good free throw shooter on the court?" And they passed to Poku, and he said, 
well, he's pretty good, isn't he? And I was like, he shot like six free throws the whole goddamn season. We don't know if he's good he's or only not. Made like two of them. And then, and then he split them. So it was funny. Uh, call me out. Where do you put the tank meter at? You know what's interesting? Because I spent most of the time on tank meters saying, oh, it's about two thirds full. So, like, you know, 0.66, whatever. 0.666. Yeah, you devil worshiper. Uh, no. Uh, no. Uh, and now I, now I spend no. most of my time thinking, like, Man, dude, I'd put this like on a four, maybe like even like on the later cusps of a three, because the front office, it's pretty clear in the coaching staff. It's pretty clear that they're getting their direction from the front office. Want this thing to lose. You tried so hard against a Houston team that has actually a lot better players than you. But for some reason, it didn't work. And uh, so, and especially with the second half of the season, with like a lot easier teams that Oklahoma City is about to experience, like I'm putting this thing at like a three and a four. Dude, the tanks, like it's over. They're not going to compete for. They're not going to compete for playoff contention. No, that's not the, what they're going to be doing. But they're going to end up getting a pick from like eight to twelve, and that's not what you want at all. But nope. hey, here we are. Yep. Yeah, I've got the tank at a, a fourth fourth of a tank of gas left, right? Like you can probably go a couple of days where you have to go to the gas station and fill up. Um, the Thunder went two and two this past week, if you're including last Sunday. Um, and to your guys' point, like you guys have all mentioned, you're you're setting a lot of guys who probably could have played in some of these games. And so and there's they won two of them regardless. So I'm going about a fourth of a tank. Um, and I think what's going to be really telling is the Thunder. We, we haven't even mentioned this yet. The Thunder have a back-to-back tomorrow night, Monday, uh, against Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves, if I'm remembering correctly. Yes. And so it's going to be super interesting to see how this plays out, right? Like Roby kind of got dinged up twice. He got a, a finger caught in the net, um, a jam finger kind of thing. He comes back with it taped up. He's okay. Then he takes a hard fall again like later on the fourth. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so will Roby play? Um, will Dort play? Does somebody in the chat, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was, uh, might have been shot. Like, does Dort play? Does, does Shea go ahead and play, right? So all of that to say, it's going to be super interesting to see how the Thunder treat this next game tomorrow night um, and who they end up playing, how many players they have available. It'll be very telling. Silver just said, Dort is resting tomorrow. Oh, well, I thought they said I bet Dort is resting tomorrow. Oh, he said he That's is. I, I don't know. Yeah, I saw. Oh, I, I, I saw. I bet. I, I said Sean. It was. Uh, it was silver. Um, That's what but I was congrats saying. to Dort. Dort get like twenty two today. Twenty three. Twenty three. Don't nice, shortchange man. my Dance. man. Nice, we are twenty three. It's that. It's that. It's that <laughs> conversion rate block. from Canada to U.S. That's what it I, is. Oh, I love here's, it so much. Here's my. Right. Justin has been doing the tank stories. Here's my tank analogy. Right, Sam Presti is spending thousands of dollars on gas trying to keep that tank as full as it can. But Dagnault drives a Hummer. It gets like two miles to the gallon, and he's just burning through it, and the meter is dropping and dropping and dropping, and he can't put enough gas into it uh, to keep it fueled up because Mark Dagnall is uh, is revving the engine and just burning through the fuel room. Like, he, like he doesn't care. He's so. burning the midnight oil. <laughs> All right. Hey, well, Dignall has done a fantastic job this season. I hope he gets not recognition in terms of like coach, coach of 
something ridiculous like coach of the year, but I hope he gets some recognition recognition that uh, league wide because he's done a fantastic job. He has been very, very good. Yes. Big, big All right, Taylor, man. take us on a trip through the comment section. What, uh, what oh, questions man. do we have in the chat? Okay. So, uh, a lot of quit or sorry, a lot of comments. I have to find the actual questions. You can pull up um, some of the comments. Here we too, go. We got one. We got one. Fair. So here's one. Nate Sanders. What is Kenny Hustle's trade value? Him leaving also adds value because he's too much of a winner. I'm tired of having winners on this team. Winner, winner, you. chicken dinner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Justin, what's his trade value? A second round pick? Yeah. that. I mean, I don't know. In terms of like actual valuable assets for the Thunder, probably. Uh, I think it's a second round pick. Get some hopefully garbage player to, to go with it. Um, is Kenrich on a minimum? Because I think you can trade a minimum to another team and they don't have to send anything just back. for a pick. Oh, okay. Well, in that <laughs> case, then just the pick. <laughs> I'm gonna look know. that up to see what, um, what his contract is while you talk. I think I it's think, like two years minimum. Let me make that, that feels up. right. That feels right. I, I think that you know, I, I think the second half of your, your comment is dead on Nate, exactly like what we talked about earlier of like he's too much of a winner. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see again if he gets traded or if if that DNA, that culture aspect is enough to to keep him on this team despite despite the efforts to tank. There, Kendrick Williams is on a three year, six million dollar deal. I do not believe it is a vet minimum. Okay, but he, I think he has two years left, right? After this season, because he had to, oh, to sign a contract, he had to sign cow. a contract this off season, right? Good. Uh, so the New Orleans could could salary match in the Adams trade. That's yep. amazing. <laughs> so, that holds a lot of value, right there. Like genuinely, yep. holds a lot of value. That's uh, awesome. and any other questions in the chat, Taylor? We do, we do. Uh, right above that, we have Colin Reed. What's more likely, Al Horford is traded, or the Thunder have a winning record over the next two? weeks a great question here have another that one is, right above it by the way that is a really good one um come here what do you think al horford gets traded there's no way okc has a winning record over the next two weeks there's no way you mean the grizz the, the celtics the mavs the raps the suns the blazers there's no way you have a winning record so you'd have to go without horford being traded i like it fingers crossed <laughs> i hope that happens <laughs> About like three more. We'll fire through these. Uh, Nate again, our guy Nate Sanders. How many additional first rounders would it take to get from a pick that is seven to nine to three to five? Kind of like we were talking about earlier. Ooh. Hmm. My number here is let's say the Thunder have pick eight and they want to get to pick four. I think it's going to take eight plus three future firsts. Hmm. That's yeah. where I put my number at three. I think that, I mean, I, I think that feels feels right just given the talent level at the top of this draft mm -hmm. like and it. what what fair. player what player would you have to throw in to that because i don't think you're right. just getting picks exactly. back i think they want a player back in return and i mean you would you willing willing to be give would you be willing to give up Dork? It'd, be a, it'd be a Baisley or a Dort. You're yeah, right. what about... They don't what want it, Baisley. It's a yeah, Baisley's value has to be in the toilet right now. I mean, look, at, um, look at Dort's the, contract. I wouldn't give up Dort in yeah. like three future firsts. That's well, let's let's say it's Dort, eight, and a future first to get four. Dort, eight, and a future first? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
Yeah, man, I, I don't know. You do. You got to do that because you know uh, what for, you're getting up yeah, for is going to be better than Lou Dort. Okay. And you have like what? Maybe Fair. forty. Maybe forty freaking picks over the next seven years. You can find another Lou Dort. So if you go Cunningham one, Mobley two. And then Suggs like, three, maybe Suggs three you get your and then Kaminga of, or Green is your choice. Yeah. You get a choice of the Ignite kids. Oh, that's great. Okay. That's, yeah, that's I, fair. I think that's so emotionally, tough, I want to say no because it's, <laughs> right. it's like, goddamn Luke I, gets I, I would court, be you know? devastated. Yep. But fair. it makes sense. Fair. Maybe you could get away with like restructuring or guaranteeing Ken Richard Williams' deal more because like their team options they're not guaranteed maybe you can guarantee those years of two million dollars and just like ship him and somebody off because they're i don't know they have so many guys on expirings did you know tj leaf is still being paid by okc uh four and a half million dollars by the way i oh, wish i could get told to not come yeah. to work four and a half go sit on your butt and we'll pay you four and a half million Ad- dollars. admiral schofield um is getting paid 1.5 million this year to not play, and then $300,000 like next year also guaranteed. I forgot to not play. about Admiral. Remember I, when we I, did uh, the Spider Man oh. pointing at each other memes? Yes. With yes. Admiral and I, I Lou? thought Admiral was going to be better than Kenrich. I thought he was going to be better than. By the way, Patrick. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Patterson is getting three quarters of a million dollars uh, being paid to him by the Thunder, not only this year, but next year, too. The corpse of Patrick Patterson, that guy. Shout Kyle. Lots of dudes on that. I I would rather have a cardboard cutout of Patrick Patterson on the court than actual Patrick Patterson on the court. (laughs) I'd rather, well, no, never mind. The cardboard cutout can't miss threes and foul people. God, Pat, what a horrible. God, I was so excited when they signed Pat. And then immediately. God damn. All right. Well, let's let's move on, guys. Uh, <laughs> it is time to take a trip around the association. And we got a, a fun one today, too. Here we go. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. 
Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. I don't even know where you're sitting at. Gentlemen, let's continue the trade theme. We're going to play a game. I was going to cue up the song, uh, but I didn't, so sorry. Uh, We're going to call it, Should I Stay or Should I Go? I have Mm. a list of six NBA players here who have been mentioned in trade rumors. I'm going to ask one of you, um, should this player stay or go, or will they stay or go? You're going to tell me, are they getting traded by the deadline on Thursday, or will they stay with their respective team? We're going to start with Kamiar. Kamiar, Aaron Gordon, staying or going? Oh, this man's leaving. He's out of town yesterday. No, like he doesn't want to be in Orlando. They don't want him there. Um, I think he ends up maybe it would be fun to see him in Boston, but I don't know where he goes, but he is definitely gone. Nice. Uh, so I, you've encouraged me. I'm now adding another layer to the game. If they are going, you have to tell me what team they're going to. Uh, it's kind of not fair. Hey, KOC has some, some interesting tidbits on Aaron Gordon. Yes, Um, he does. Blazers. Do you have this? I just saw it on my head, Jake. I don't have have it pulled up. Okay. Blazers, Golden State. Golden State um, was the Mavericks and uh, Houston. Houston was the one that really stood out to me because if they trade uh, for Aaron Gordon, that's going to help out that pick a little bit for OKC to make sure it conveys. There you go. Well, Kamiar has Aaron Gordon heading to the Boston Celtics. I like it. Justin, you are next up. Atlanta's own, the Baptist, John Collins. The Baptist. (laughs) That's one of his nicknames on uh, Basketball Reference. That's a thing. That's definitely a thing. I was just laughing because it's a good nickname. I like it. (laughs) Um, I think Collins is tough. Uh, There's been reports that he's had lots of interest. Lots of people want John Collins, uh, but are lots of people going to pony up for John Collins is the question. Uh, he's not cheap. Isn't he up for a new contract soon? The yes, Hawks he will be a restricted one... free agent this yeah. summer. Yeah. The, so The Hawks want one young player in a first-round draft pick to make a deal or a package of similar value, such as multiple first-round picks. And that's from KOC's article that he dropped a little earlier today. That, yeah, pretty man. steep. God, that's tough. Like we we briefly talked about this. Like if you're the Thunder, do you entertain that offer? Right, twenty three. I don't think Jacob so. Says do, no. do, do you want to pay him a hundred million dollars in three months? Right, I don't and think that's, does. And 
and I don't know, I don't know what teams out there do. And I think that that's the hindrance. And that is, I think why I'm leaning stay just because I don't know. I don't know who's ready to pay John Collins that money. Um, the, the Kings would, the Kings would, <laughs> the Kings would. And the Timberwolves. They that's would. the one team uh, I can see pulling the trigger, but I'm with you, Justin. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't know if it happens. Um, We're, we're noticing teams that usually make bad decisions consistently still make bad decisions. Isn't that a weird thing? <gasps> Who would have thought uh, it? I do think I, I think he ends up staying. I think he goes to restricted free agency and then somebody way overpays him this summer. There's a massive uh, offer sheet. Uh, all right, Taylor, you're next up. Oh boy. Is he staying or going? Kyle Lowry. Yes. Now we are talking. Give me go. Um, again, KOC all over this one. So I kind of had a little bit of a cheat sheet going into this, even though I didn't know I was going to get Kyle Lowry. The Heat are taking swings, says KOC. League sources say the Heat are pursuing a deal for Raptors point guard Kyle Lowry harder than anyone, though the Clippers and Sixers remain interested. Um, he goes on to mention Lowry's relationship with Butler. Oh, man, I really feel like when push comes to shove at the dead at, at the deadline. One of these teams is going to make the uh, Raptors an offer if they can't necessarily turn down. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say it's a heat. I really do, especially with Giannis being off the table now in free agency. Um, Depot, I mean, if we're being completely honest right now, based off past performance and how they look this season, I'm probably trading for Kyle Lowry over Victor Oladipo at this point. If we're just being completely nice. honest. I think the um, Heat are going to do it. I think they're going to go for it. So that is my prediction. I, uh, I'm saying he's going one way or the other. I listened to, I forget who I was listening to, but someone said in order to get Lowry, it's going to take the Miami Heat like salary matching plus Tyler Hero plus probably a pick. Tyler That's Hero or Duncan. I think they'll settle steep though. Price. I think we'll get like a Duncan Robinson plus a pick. See, I, I don't think Toronto Kelly will settle. Only. I think Toronto is going to be pretty firm and we get what we want Fair. or he, he can stay around. He wants to retire a Raptor. So, Kamio, we're back to you. Speaking Give him Lonzo, Jacob. Give him a hard speaking one. Speaking of, you get Victor Oladipo of the Boo. Houston Rockets. <laughs> nice. Uh, man, what a journey this guy has had. I mean, like, <laughs> holy hell. I mean, I don't even remember the first team he – wait, the Pacers, right? That was the first team he was ever on. No, no it was a uh, Maverick. Or sorry, the uh, Mavericks, the uh, Magic, the Magic. That's he was what drafted it was. By the Magic, yeah, the Magic. And then he he went to OKC. Then he went to Correct. the Pacers. Then went to Pacers. It, it, just because it's the Hoosier thing messing with my brain. Um, <laughs> Indiana, call it. Yep, he's, he's Indiana. been he's been in some really successful situations. I mean, he thought he was going to compete for a title with OKC, and then Kevin Durant. The whole that whole thing went went down the uh, down the tubes. He had a pretty good year uh, uh, at a good time indiana they did really well actually they overachieved from what i thought and then his career started to take like this weird trajectory and of course he got hurt he was an all-star he but he got hurt uh and now he's in houston man and like i feel like if he goes to a team that again has a good culture has a good culture of keeping guys accountable because oladipo is a hard worker you can tell he's just not vibing with what Houston Absolutely. has. Agreed. And Houston is toxic, guys. They are like the most toxic team probably in the NBA right now. Um, like I'm not saying most. What I would say. 
I wouldn't say they're the dumbest or the most kind of like, I don't know. I don't know what word I'm looking for. Most incompetent. Yeah. Incompetent, dysfunctional uh, team in the NBA, but they're definitely the most toxic one. And I think he's in a really awful situation right now. And if he were to go to, let's say some, somewhere like Detroit, which is like, I don't know, not that much better, but they're trying to win. That'd be good for him or better for him. Um, but realistically, I think he's going to go, uh, which would be really weird. That's like what three teams in how, how many season. months? Yeah. yeah. And, but I think he, I really think he could make a push and really do some good things for a team trying to make the playoffs and or trying to get over the hump uh, while they're in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Because, I mean, you look at the East and the Sixers in the net. Well, the, now the Nets like haven't lost games in like years now, apparently. <laughs> and the Sixers are still hey, up Blake there. Griffin's. And the Sixers are still up there. And then there's a large drop off. And I think he could really, you know, I think he'll like, you know, make that, that gap a little bit smaller for the, some team in the East. Now in the West, dude, he's not going to push much buttons in if he's in the West, but regardless of all that, he's going, uh, you can tell he doesn't want to be there. Houston. No, he doesn't want to be there. Uh, he's basically walking around on defense, just playing AAU on offense, and uh, he's he's gone. He's gone. Nice. Um, my sleeper Victor Oladipo team, Golden State Warriors. Hmm. I think that could be a lot of fun. You it think that puts fun. them? You think that puts them over the hump to for no. OKC to get, for, for OKC to get that pick? Oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. I, I think, think he the, would drop in that is... culture. The goal is to sell him on the culture, get him to resign, and have a uh, Vic, um, Steph, Steph, and, and hopefully, right, hopefully a healthy Clay. Justin, second to last one. I'm giving you Lonzo Ball. Oh, why would you do that? Maybe I've, the most. I've been prepping on Harrison Barnes, you jerk. <laughs> the old switcher. Do you want, I can give you Harrison? Do you want Harrison? I'll take Lonzo. Okay. okay. Harrison is the easy one because uh, Rana yes. Dive just said so. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Kamiar. Uh, <laughs> I was ready for this one. Um, All right. You can have Harrison. Okay. Thank you. So Harrison Barnes. Um, Harrison Barnes should be traded. The Kings should blow it up. But like we've talked about multiple times on this episode already, the Kings are just stuck. They're stuck. They've been stuck for a decade. And their GM recently came out. Well, I, he didn't come out and say, but it was reported. I think it was Howard Beck reported that uh, he doesn't want to tank. So he's reluctant to trade guys like Buddy Heald and Harrison Barnes, who are 28 years old and have no business being a part of the Sacramento Kings future. But he doesn't want to. And so he's only going to do it if they get a really high offer, which they're not going to. And so for that reason, Harrison Barnes is going to stay in Sacramento, though he should absolutely trade them and they should absolutely stop trying to be competitive because what they're in what 13th place, I think like they're not Mm -hmm. at best. They make the play in like, is that where you want to be? The answer is no. The answer is no, Vivek. Justin, so you're telling me the Kangs are going to Kangs? The Kangs are going to Kangs once again. Kings. I love it. All right, T- uh, Taylor, you get the last one. One Lonzo Ball. Uh, the Pelicans pulled out a win today in Denver. They're still in contention for the play-in. And guess uh, who didn't play, Jacob? Guess who didn't yeah, play? Yeah, Lonzo did not play. So, so, so what are your thoughts? According to the article I just read, I mean, 
Again, Kevin O'Connor <laughs> gave me a cheat sheet before this podcast. It was beautiful. Uh, we've got Chicago and we've got Atlanta looking at him. Now, granted, Mark Stein Taylor, also. Taylor, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. <laughs> Taylor's totally, well, according to the article I just read, the COVID <laughs> vaccine is going to turn me into an alligator. So, <laughs> therefore. All right. Sorry, go ahead. Kevin O'Connor. I had my, my first shot here, or what was it, like a week or two ago, and I'm already shooting laser beams on my eyes. So, you know. That's pretty uh, nice. I'll be flying here before no time. All I did was now, shit my pants. Now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh mark stein I, I mentioned koc but mark stein also mentioned the clippers as, as a destination but as we mentioned with the whole george hill rumors like there's only so much that the clippers can give up it's going to have to be a three-team trade and so um in terms of lonzo like the the bulls make a lot of sense he's been linked to them for a long time um he'd be a lot of fun against guys like zach uh Zach Levine, um, Kobe White. I mean, I feel like he fit in well. And then you also have uh, the Atlanta Hawks, which is super interesting. Now, KOC mentioned uh, Bogdanovich as somebody who could be on the move, which is just hilarious after the whole debacle that was the whole uh, the whole Milwaukee Bucks situation. But um, I, I, I still think. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh you guys have me distracted now <laughs> but all that sorry all that being said <laughs> i think chicago bulls and a lot atlanta hawks are super fun destinations you have little you have lavar coming out of the woodworks right and that's on purpose he knows these talks are going on lonzo's agent is reaching out to lavar saying hey I need you to i need you to to go on to this radio show or go on to something i need you to say something so I think that's kind of where we're at with. If uh, I was Lonzo's agent, he's, he's the last Zach. thing that would come out of my mouth would be, "Hey, Lavar, hey, say Lamar. something." That's and it's working. And it's working. I, I love uh, it. No, I do like the Chicago fun. Bulls fit a lot. I do uh, too. Also, keep in mind, Chicago has a new front office that was not responsible for drafting guys like Wendell Carter Jr. and Kobe White, uh, and are not attached to those players. <laughs> so. Um, all right, very good, guys. Well, before we sign off, I know we've gone a little long today. Before we sign off, though, um, two questions. Uh, we can just kind of rapid-fire hot take here. My first one, what team makes the most aggressive move at the trade deadline? Who do you got? The Knicks. The Ooh. Knicks are going to do something stupid. They're going to they're gonna get excited, and they're going to try to make a splashy move. How stupid is stupid? Like Victor Oladipo? I was going to say Oladipo or Lonzo Ball, and they're going to give up too much for it, and they're going to continue to be mediocre. They're going to get right. more, more power forwards on that team. Man. Hell yeah. Aaron Gordon, send Beautiful. them over. Call me our, who's your, uh, your most aggressive trade deadline team? Boston. Uh, I say Boston mm. because they are. Yeah, sorry, Taylor. Pick a new Boston team. was my team uh, because <laughs> they they like what, what two years ago we were like, man, Boston's an up and comer. They've got Jason Tatum, they got Jalen Brown, they got all these other picks and all these other things. They should be the team of the future. And here they are, like a distant third or fourth tier down to the Nets. Of course, the Nets is like that's its own thing, and the Bucks and the uh, the Sixers. I think they're gonna. Finally, I think Danny Ainge is finally going to like, you know, get off his ass and spend some of the assets that they do have and try to bring in something legitimate, a, a bigger, a big splash. And uh, because it, if, if they're just going to 
do nothing now. They're going to sit on their hands. This is what it's going to be like for the next three to four years. You can't count on Tatum and Jalen Brown's development because they can go elsewhere. So you need to start winning now, um, especially for Boston's sake. Uh, I, I think it's Boston. Nice. I like it. Taylor, you have Boston as well. Yeah. So, so Boston's mine as well. And I think Kamiar hit it spot on, but if I had to pick a second team, um, it'd be split between either, uh, Daryl Morey and the Sixers because you know, Daryl's going to do something. Um, Oh, I had one other two. I'm going blank now. Uh, Morey and the Sixers. Gosh, I'm trying to think. Let's just go. I'll, I'll go Sixers as my, my second choice because I think, oh. uh, Boston's absolutely going to be active. Uh, I love it. I yeah. love it. I think Boston, uh, Maybe in the market for a point guard. Uh, George Hill would make a lot of sense there. Yeah. Um, also a big, you know, are they the one that blinks and, and gives up something for Ooh. like an Andre Drummond? Portland was my other one I was going to mention. Keep oh, an eye on okay. Portland. Very good. Very good. All right. Signing off of the podcast. Last question of the night, guys. The next time we sit here live, the trade deadline will be over. So this is your last time to fire off a take uh, with all of us here. So don't hold back. Ooh. Empty the clip. The Kings are going to trade for John Collins. Oh, I like it. What does that do to Marvin Bagley? The third who cares? They're the Kings. <laughs> I love it. All right. Justin's hot take the Kings. Hold on. I, uh, Oh, okay. I got a Woj or yeah. Woj bomb there, but it's something very not important and dumb and boring. So it's a Woj firecracker. Uh, yeah. Woj Lee Johnson. The popper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to give Justin the, the sounder. <sighs> I'm sweating. <laughs> you tell me that motherfucker hot you The hot take sounder. All right. You other know. two, give me your hottest take for the deadline. I don't know who they're going to get. I don't know who, who it's going to be, but it's going to be somebody of substance, somebody that earns roughly 15 mil and up. I think Dallas might pull the trigger on getting KP out of, uh, out of, out of the Mavericks because they have not been much better uh, defensively. They've been horrific and they want to win titles. Uh, Luca is going to win. Luca is going to win something in Dallas may not be a title uh, with KP, but uh, I could see them. And Mark Cuban, of course. Oh, we're not going to cr- trade Kristaps Porzingis. My ass, you're not going to trade Kristaps Porzingis <laughs> if it makes your team better. Uh, so I'm going to say they're uh, Chris Kristaps Porzingis. He's gone. I don't know. KP, he might go. Might go back to the Knicks. Who knows? KP out the door. That deserves the sounder. <sighs> I'm sweating. You tell me that motherfucker hot you alive, Taylor. So uh, here you, you can't go weak here, bro. Three, these, four they, weeks these ago, two, they've done. One. I know you, they've you, been you hot. Jump off the cliff, bro. Three. Oh, <laughs> well, I was going to say, so I was, I was going like to say that you to kill yourself. I'm not I'm trying, trying to, to make... do that. Just give me a hot <laughs> yeah, trade. Easy. Take. easy. Well, I've been thinking about jumping Jacob, but not you say it. Oh. I said, pull the trigger. Just don't put the gun in your mouth first. <laughs> I want you to step back from that ledge, my friend. Oh no. <laughs> We're getting dark. So I, uh, I was going to go ahead and, and make mine Thunder Pacific and say there's going to be three new Thunder players on the roster post-deadline, but that doesn't seem too hot now that you guys have mentioned this, so I'm just going to stick to my guns here, guys, uh, not to stick with our theme that we have going here over the last, like, 10 seconds, but <laughs> Zach Levine, he gone. He gone. Oh, that's Ooh. hot. Levine. Levine. You tell me that motherfucker hot you alive, motherfucker.
I like He's it. probably not gone, but I... Uh, oh, don't backtrack. I've been holding don't out. Oh, yeah, come on, man. That's, <laughs> lame. That's so lame. He's like, hey, I got something hot. But, it's but I probably, don't really believe it. But it's probably not going to happen. I just have to keep up. <laughs> um, My hot take. Here you go. You ready? Yeah. I don't know if this is hot. I mean, oh, I, Here I don't think it would be hot for like Thunder fans, but... You can't let us down with this. Orlando... Trades Aaron Gordon, trades Evan Fournier, and trades Terrence Ross. I love Terrence Ross because of the meme. (laughs) That's a good meme. They're going to trade three of their top rotational guys and go young for whenever uh, the rest of their roster gets healthy, Uh, primarily Markel Fultz. And why uh, Jonathan Isaac? I was about uh, slipping on his name there. Jonathan Isaac. They're gonna go young and deal off some guys. Hey, and kudos to Marco like Fultz for like taking all the shit he did for like two years, restructuring his jump shot and everything else, and r- basically refinding himself as a basketball player and really balling out for them. Con- congratulations to yeah. him. Sucks that he got injured by another injury. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Exactly. But you know, exactly. congrats to him. I'm I'm glad he's in a place where he's happy and he can actually go and thrive. Uh, so kudos to that guy. Yeah, and no pressure. Uh, I think makes that a lot, uh, a lot True. better for him. So Sean in the chat saying Mo Bamba to the Thunder. Hey, sign me up. I got hoes. All right, we're gonna get out of here now. Call, call in. <laughs> Hey, thank you guys so much for joining the Uncontested Podcast. We appreciate the crap out of you. If you joined us live tonight, shout out to you. We enjoyed uh, following you guys along in the chat, answering some of your questions. If you're listening to the podcast version, hey, go drop a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts uh, while you're listening to this outro. That would mean a lot to us. Write a little something nice. We are getting very close to 200 Apple reviews, uh, and that would be a really cool milestone for us to hit. We would really appreciate it. It helps other people see the pod as well. We'll be back with you guys again Monday night after the Oklahoma City Thunder take on Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. We'll be on the Locker Room app uh, immediately post-game, and then we'll rip that audio and drop it as a podcast as well. So join the Locker Room app so you can listen to us live and come on stage and ask your questions. And again, Thursday, 1 p.m. Central Time, same place right here, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. We're going to join you guys for that last hour of the deadline and track everything, live reactions, hit, talk to you guys in the chat. It's going to be a blast. So tune in for that. Make plans. Go hide in the bathroom at work if you have to. We'll be back with you guys again in about 24 hours. Until then, you guys enjoy your Monday. And as always, thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.